on behalf of uh, Nate and his family, I just wanted to welcome everyone here this morning. And uh, though it's a very sad time for us with Christina going home to be with the Lord, it's also a time of celebration. And, um, and I really uh, appreciate my brother Nate and, um, and his faith in the Lord and Christina's love for God, too. Um, it's uh, been a blessing to, to be a brother in the Lord. And, um, and as, we, as we mourn this morning, as we grieve, because we're not going to see Christina again, the side of eternity, we do have hope. We have hope in the Lord Jesus and um, that he has gone to prepare a place for her and for everyone who believes in him. And uh, so as we, as we come together this morning, it's a time of mourning and grieving. It's also a time of celebrating, celebrating what Jesus did in and through Christina. She was a blessing to so many of us, a loving mom, a loving wife, and there's so much uh, to celebrate um, in what God did in her and through her. And uh, we'll hear testimonies of that in a little bit. But there's a scripture God put in my heart. I'd like to read it to you now. It's from 2 Timothy. And Paul writes towards the end of his life, he writes, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me this crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And um, that scripture just really um, resonated in my heart um, because not that long ago, um, I, I, we dropped a meal off for Christina and Nate and um, I had a chance to pray with Christina. And, um, and I was just really struck by how she had faith for healing. She was believing for healing. And, um, but yet at the same time, she was trusting God for her eternity like she was submitted to whatever God had for her, but yet she had a desire to live. She wanted to, she wanted to live life more. She was hoping to see some grandkids someday. She was, we talked about hopes and dreams, but she said, but, but still I keep thinking about my funeral and, and, and will Nate be okay and my kids be okay? You know, and we prayed over all the, you know, for Nate and, and I, wanted, I don't know why I'm calling them kids or children there obviously all grown up, um, but I really respected and uh, was proud of my sister in the Lord that she could contend for healing, that she could believe God could heal her. Uh, but yet at the same time, you know, God, if you don't heal me, if I go, if you take me home, you know, please take care of my, my husband, my adult kids. And, um, and, and I, I just went away, yes, sorrowful, but also encouraged by her faith in the Lord. And, um, and I, she was a loving mom, loving wife, but mostly I think she loved God. Um, and in the times that I had with her, that was my sense, that she was a, someone who really loved God, had deep relationship with him. And, and that's why we have hope. That's why we can celebrate. Yes, we're going to miss her and mourn, but we still have hope because uh, Jesus has made a way 
for her to be with him in eternity, and she put her faith in him. And so this morning we can mourn and we can celebrate at the same time. Let's pray together. Father, you know our hearts this morning. You know how much we're uh, missing Christina and mourning, Lord. But we also have hope, hope in you, our Father, who has made a way for us to spend eternity with you if we would only turn to you, Lord. So this morning we turn to you. We ask for you to come and comfort each and every one of us, Lord, wherever we're at, Lord. None of us are perfect. Lord, you've made provision in that through the cross. All we have to do is turn to you, Lord, and confess our need for you. So we do that this morning. We need you, Jesus, to come and move among us. We need your presence to be here with us as we, um, as we mourn, as we celebrate. We need your comfort. We need your presence. We need your touch. So, God, be with us in a very real way this morning, Lord, as we remember Christina and everything you did in her and through her. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and I agree with everything Randy said. Um, at the um, end of the day, um, our goal is, is, is for Jesus, and so I was going to sing this song with Nate, and uh, <laughs> yeah. In the morning, when I rise, in the morning, when I rise, in the morning, when I rise, give me Jesus, Jesus, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus, and when I am alone, and when I am alone,
I'm Phil, and this is my wife, Eva. We've been blessed to be friends with Nate, Christina, and family for the last few years. I'm going to read from Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He feed to guide and to shield me. I shall not want. He leads me down in green pastures. He leads me besides still water, still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my, my life. He leads me in the path of the righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and, so, and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Mm, hello, my name is Natalie, and this is my brother Nicolo. We're um, two of my mom's children. Um, we just wanted to share a few things about her. Um, my mom was an amazing person. She lived a life full of boldness and powerful faith. She had a fiery spirit and always spoke her mind. My mom was kind and gentle, while at the same time one of the toughest people I will ever know. She was my best friend and someone I will always love with the fiercest of loves. As I have reflected on these things in my mom's life, God revealed to me that her life and the kind of mom she was to me and my brothers is a testament to the power of his redeeming love. You see, my mom's early years in life were filled with abuse, poverty, and darkness. 
With this kind of beginning, she could have easily lived a life filled with bitterness, anger, and resentment. But she met Jesus when she was a young adult, and that changed everything. By the power of God's love for her, she was able to overcome the darkness of her early years and leave behind a legacy filled with unshakable faith, joy, and gentleness. I'm so grateful God pursued her heart, and that as a result, this is the kind of legacy she has left me with. I will miss having her in this life, but I rejoice that she is with Jesus now. Uh, uh, watching <clears throat> my mom go through the process of dying has been the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. Um, not just all the, the physical suffering, but um, the spiritual suffering too. You know, wondering, like, uh, is God going to heal me? And if he doesn't, what, what's his plan in all of this? Is this God's word really powerful? Um, just a tough thing to go through. Um, but I'm comforted knowing that, that her suffering is over and, and that she's in a better place now. Um, my mom was as tenacious in her passing as she was in her life. Uh, Raising five kids provided plenty of challenges for my mom, um, but she loved us all with a, a fiery passion. Um, my mom never had her birthday celebrated when she was growing up, so she made sure to throw extravagant parties for all of us kids. Uh, she would cater to our every wish. Um, it had always been my brother Jason's dream to smash his face into his birthday cake. And so my mom went out of her way to make two cakes for his birthday, uh, one for him to smash his face into and one for, for the rest of us to eat. Um, even when I moved away from home, she would always you know, call me and say happy birthday and always make sure that I had something planned, that I was gonna do something with friends or celebrate somehow. Um, Sometimes us kids could be a little much for my mom when we were growing up. Um, one time, one of us boys had done something wrong, and I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but my mom uh, couldn't figure out who had done it. And so frustrated, she lined us boys up and then um, said she was going to start spanking us and keep spanking us until uh, the person who did the crime admitted guilt. Um, so we uh, started getting into this process, and I knew I hadn't done it, but I decided, you know, I would be a hero and, you know, sacrifice for my brothers who are getting spanked. So I stepped forward, and I was like, Mom, it was me. And I was kind of hoping she would, like, appreciate my honesty and me stepping forward and maybe just, like, you know, call it good, um, but she was like, oh, you did it? Okay, more spankings for you now. <laughs> and I immediately <laughs> revoked that I had done it and uh, denied my guilt. Um, uh, my mom uh, was a gift giver. Um, she loved blessing people with thoughtful items. Um, when I moved away from home, I would frequently get care packages um, in the mail, and it was almost always really useful stuff except that one time I was trying to be vegetarian and she sent me beef jerky. <laughs> but uh, uh, the greatest gift my mom gave me uh, was her love and her genuineness. 
um, it was so easy to just be honest and real with my mom, um, to talk about my struggles and my joys, and just cut past the superficial things. Um, she'll always be in my memory and in my heart. There was one other I was going to share right here, give something. I don't see her right up in the front. Oh, there you are. Yes. Come on up. Come on up. That was great, you guys. Thank you for sharing. They wanted to give a gift. My name is Gloria, and, and my sister in Christ, uh, Akila. We're from Caris uh, Christian Center, where I met um, your mom. And... We became friends there, and then when we had a um, slight uh, distance there, and then we became friends again as I helped her clean, um, and she would call me to help her. And through that, our friendship grew. And I can truly say that not a whole lot of people touch um, our hearts like Christina touched mine. Uh, through her suffering and through her trials, she would pray with me and comfort me um, during the loss of my grandson. That was one of the most uh, tragic times in my life. And she was quite a comfort to me, and she was dearly um, a sister in Christ. And I gleamed from her, I gleamed from her excellence, not from perfection, but from her excellence. That she loved to do everything in excellence, and I, can't remember, I couldn't count the times that I heard, it has to be right whether it was at the B&B, &B, her salt shakers placed right in proper order on the table, table the right amount of um, towels folded perfectly. <laughs> and she would, I mean, walk me through that until it was, I, I learned to do it right. And through, um, I just want, as unto the Lord and giving the Lord all glory, uh, with her excellence, it was uh, the Lord put on, on my heart also that she was a giver. And so we would like to give these to you in um, memory of her excellence and recognition of, of her excellence and her love and of her giving of people, uh, to people, even through her hard times. And so I just want to bless the family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Great. I was up, had the opportunity to work for Christina last, and finished a project last year about this time, remodeling a basement apartment. And it dawned on me when I heard about her passing that she is now living in a house that's not been built by hands. In fact, it's quite a mansion, and that's really kind of cool. Linda and I, my name is Joe Meekham, by the way, and Linda and I have been asked to uh, read a uh, testimonial that Christina's husband, Nate, had written. It is a bit lengthy, but it really is a very thorough and very, very well-written uh, testimonial to the strength of this woman's life. Most of us think of Germany when we remember Christina's life. All she had to do was open her mouth, and she, you knew she was from somewhere else. Christina was actually born in Poland to a single mom put up for adoption. 
Her mother had married a Polish GI and moved north to Romania after World War II. The newly married couple took it upon themselves to adopt Christina. But all was not well. Christina's father was an alcoholic and Poland suffered from under the privations of a communist regime. There were long lines to buy basic necessities such as bread and meat. At one point, someone denounced her mother for criticizing the government and she spent time in jail. Meanwhile, Christina's grandmother had moved from Romania to West Germany and was in ill health. Her mother applied for permission to visit, but the authorities told her that she had to leave her daughter Christina behind. This she refused to do in light of her husband's alcoholism. While some people said this would never happen, the communist government gave Christina's mother papers so that she could travel to West Germany with her daughter. So it was that Christina left Poland at the age of five and her mother remained in West Germany until her grandmother re recovered from her illness. When they began packing to make the return trip to Poland, Christina threw a temper tantrum and said she didn't want to go back. Both received refugee status and were allowed to stay. Immediately, Christina felt the sting of prejudice when a school teacher referred to her as one of those stupid Polacks. Her mother soon remarried a British soldier and the newly reconstituted family adjusted to life in West Germany. Suffice it to say that Christina's stepfather turned out to be a sexual predator. She suffered physical and emotional abuse from parents from both parents over the next 11 years until she left at the age of 16. From there, her life took a further downward spiral. She became involved in the drug scene, at one point smuggling hashes fr from Morocco to Germany. When she became pregnant, her boyfriend's pressure, her boyfriend pressured her to have an abortion. One would think there was no hope for this lost, lonely soul, but God hadn't given up on Christina. While living in West Berlin, Christina bumped into some Christians who were operating from a coffee shop. There she found the love and acceptance she had always craved, and after a period of soul searching, she embraced Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as the ultimate truth and experienced forgiveness and healing. Later she enrolled in Bible school, affiliated with Church for, uh, for the Nations, and despite her mother's threat to disown her if she didn't pursue a career. The following three years proved to be life-changing as she grew in faith, lived in community, and gained weight, thanks to the rich food and carbs, uh, to the food rich in carbs and fat that the Bible school dished out to the protesting uh, European students. Several years passed before Christina moved to Munich and found a steady job. She began teaching Sunday school in a local church and participating in a singles group that met on Friday nights. She became known as a carefree, unconventional, free spirit, unbound by the German traditions of perfectionism and formality. I first met Christina in church back in 1988, but it was in the, ar he but was in the arms of another man. First, it was Ronald, then Michael, and I've lost track of all the other boyfriends. I think I was number five. We started dating and I soon felt the spark that led to a lifelong commitment. Because our wedding was bilingual, everything took twice as long, leading to complaints from our secular friends that the service shouldn't have taken two hours. I soon learned 
as well that women do not travel like men. When we flew to the States for a vacation and some job-related training, Christina took 13 separate parcels with us. Unfortunately, and, but fortunately, the airlines weren't as strict in those days. We spent our next posting in Equatorial uh, Guinea, Africa, um, a land where snakes suddenly emerged from toilets, rat meat was sold in the local market, and occasionally you could see one of our, uh, the locals being canned inside, uh, caned inside of a bamboo hut for some real or imagined offense. Christina learned to co cohabit with cockroaches and night guards who would sing loudly outside of our bedroom window when they weren't sober. Despite the hardships, I don't remember her ever complaining except for one time when we returned from the beach, our bodies were sprinkled with sand and drying salt water, and the water had been shut off. Showering off was thus out of question, at least for a few hours. Honestly, our first seven years of married life were challenging. The trauma of Christina's childhood had bubbled up to the surface, causing frequent outbursts of fierce anger. For my part, I was still learning how to be a good husband. Over time, we learned to talk things out and ask the good Lord to heal the hurts of the past. It took time, but Christina conquered her anger, forgave her parents, and realized she didn't have to be bound by the past. After a year of marriage, Christina became pregnant, an occasion for great joy for both of us. Since there wasn't a single prenatal clinic on the island where we lived, she had to travel to Cameroon in between anti-government riots for her checkups. We left Africa when Christina was seven months pregnant, just before the cutoff date when the airlines would no longer allow her to travel, and spent the next two years in Virginia. Christina loved the U.S. and probably would have been content never to leave. Neither one of us could have anticipated that we had two more postings in Europe, three in Africa, and one in Mexico ahead of us. As a homebody, Christina didn't like to move every two to three years, but I don't remember her complaining about that. Somehow she had adapted wherever we went, raised five children, and spent a typical hour or more fixing a multi-course supper every evening. When we went to church, Christina would often share a word from the Lord that dovetailed nicely with the sermon that followed. She would spend hours reading her heavily worn Bible, then tell me about what she had learned when I got home. Sometimes she would apologize afterward for preaching at me. Christina was amazingly well organized, always providing for the family's needs. She loved the outdoors and we were able to convey that same love to our kids. A family hike was mandatory every weekend, regardless of the weather. A, <clears throat> excuse me, a German couple who once accompanied us on an alpine hike marveled at the provisions Christina had packed for the, for the hike. Whether it was food, drink, a spare diaper, or wipes, Christina remembered to bring it all. We were opposites in many ways. I liked action, the hustle and bustle of city life, skiing, going to musical events, and having people over for dinner. An introvert, Christina liked peace and quiet, rest and long periods of contemplation. I <clears throat> liked to save money, Christina liked to spend it. Man, could she shop. By God's grace, we were able to appreciate our differences and stick together in spite of them. During her eight month long battle with leukemia, Christina's faith in God's goodness 
never wavered. She continued to believe a miracle would happen right up to the very end. Any talk about death was taboo. As her strength faded, she still devoted herself to Bible reading and watching her favorite Christian television broadcasts. She never lost her feisty nature either, and after uh, about two weeks before she passed away, I called her at Memorial Hospital from the office. She exclaimed, I'm tired. Get to the point. Although she is no longer with us in body, her legacy will live in our hearts forever, and we will always remember the wonderful meals she prepared, her outreach to many elderly neighbors and immigrants, her love for God's word, her abundant, colorful clothing, and her spunk. I'm especially grateful for the 31 years that I knew her, 29 of them as her husband. Thank you, Lord, for taking a life that had been profoundly damaged and making something beautiful out of it. Thank you, Lord, for the incredible gift. That was Christina Blum.
Um, my name is Stephen. I'm the pastor at this church and been able to be a part of Nate's life for a couple of years, few years, and um, just amazing. Just amazing. Your kids are amazing that they came up and shared. I'm sure that was your highlight of your time. Um, this picture wasn't in the wasn't in the show, but this is Natalie, right? I got that one. Jason or Jason? Which one? Show me. That's Jason. Where's Niccolo? And then uh, who is? The, which one did I miss? Mm -hmm. Right here. All right. So these are. And then did I miss one? Yeah, Jordan. I'm like, <laughs> there's four. Yeah. Um, these guys right here, girl, guy and girl. I'm from Missouri, and we call everybody guys. But this is her, she would say is her greatest accomplishment. Um, Nate, you're an accomplishment that, that um, she probably did some things with you, with your dress and all that kind of stuff. But these are her accomplishment right here. And I know that um, if she was here today, um, be it as serious as she can be, she would want everyone to uh, say, see, see what I did. Uh, this is my legacy moving forward, and I don't pretend to know the right words to say. Um, my father-in-law died about 10 years ago, and people say all kinds of things to help, and they don't always help. And so I want to share some things today about um, Christina, about battles. We face battles all the time. This lady, I mean, this battle she just faced probably was her toughest. But she faced, ba she won all kinds of battles in her life. You hear that story, it's published on Facebook um, on Nate's page. Great writing. It's like a movie. It's like, seriously, this didn't happen. And it did. And she made it through. And she kept going. And um, one year ago, she entered, uh, about eight months ago, a battle. Uh, the thing with battles is we don't, we don't choose our battles. It seems like battles choose us. And I don't think that's cool at all. But one of the many things I wish believers, especially pastors, said more is this. I don't understand God. If you're here today and you can clearly explain life to me, I would like to sit down with you and talk. Uh, not, don't get me wrong and don't jump to conclusions there are some things we do understand about God. Some things I do. I know that he loves me. I know that he sent his son for me, and we can have a real relationship with him. But one thing I love about Christina is that she said it for what it was. And um, one time we brought her, um, one of her, used to be one of her favorite meals from Costco, and we brought it to her, and um, she said, take that away. I can't, her medicine had caused it to kind of like sit wrong in her stomach. She goes, take that away. I don't want that here. And I said, okay. And she goes, no, right now, take it away. <laughs> and she would say what she was feeling. She let her yes be yes and her no be no. And so today, I don't want to skirt the issue uh, that some may be wondering. Even if I don't have the answers, I still want to go there um, I want to call it for what it is, and I like to say it's not fair. That's another thing I wish believers said more. I don't understand God, and it's, it's 
it's certainly not fair. You read all through that story, I could have interjected, oh, no, that's not fair that that happened to her. She didn't choose those things. But she fought her battle with leukemia with such strength and such like an unwavering faith, exactly like you hear, like you read in the Bible that you're supposed to do. And she still left this earth. And you could say maybe she lost the battle, but she won the battle. How do, you, how do we know? How do we know in the light of eternity what's going on? She won the battle. We certainly don't feel like this is a win today. I'm sure that Nate will tell folks how much hope he has, but kids will say, I, I trust in God. But it doesn't feel like a win for us today. Um, it feels like a loss. And as Nate let us uh, 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 put into perspective to all of us before you came, he said, don't wear dreary black clothes. Um, I struggled because I only have one suit, and I wanted to honor her. I don't want her to get mad at me. I don't know if she could come back. And so I wore a suit, but I tried to be bright. But she, he said, wear bright clothes because, because today is not supposed to be a sad day. Christina is home. She's in paradise. Believe it for what you want, but there's no more pain there. There's no suffering there. There's only joy in heaven. There's not even pain for her like thinking, oh, my kids, I don't understand that part, that she's not sad, but she can't have sadness in heaven because she knows that it's so fast. <laughs> she knows, like she understands it all now. And she knows it's so fast, and um, <laughs> you'll be together. So it's not sad for her, and that's a hard pill to swallow for us because we are still, still down here and left to our pity. But it's not a sad day for her. Let me assure you with the utmost confidence that Christina believes with her whole heart that we are on this earth just for a moment in light of eternity. That could sound religious, too religious, jargon to someone who doesn't know God um, or rather not believe in him, but it is the truth and it is the hope that God gave us as a gift. That's our hope. That's what we have. And no, I don't understand God. And yes, I still do not think it is fair, but I do know that God is perfect. I want to say something here. I almost skipped this part, but I want to I share it. It's what I'm thinking. Um, I know that God didn't make this happen. He didn't invent cancer. He doesn't invent bad things. He doesn't want to see his kids in pain just as much as we don't want to see our kids in pain. But he also doesn't want to make us his puppets and force us to believe in Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this, but if he did that, it would make him a dictator to us. It would make him a tyrant. It would make him God, this God that is depicted in culture and literature of a man up in heaven, mean, with a big beard, with a light, uh, lightning bolt, waiting for us to do something wrong. And that's not our God. He's a father. And he created us in his own image. And here's the thing. He gave us a choice to live for him. And because of that choice, there, people have taken that free will for granted. 
Uh, they have abused it, and they have traded in God's freedom for sin. Sin is here in this world, and sin has caused this world to become, and this is a very big understatement, he has caused this world to be very imperfect. And so we live with the consequences of a world that has all kinds of evil that is born in it. As you heard some of the stories from Christina's life, you wouldn't believe the evil that can be done. If you ask me how I feel about these things uh, in her past and what has transpired in the last eight months, I have um, some allergies today, so excuse those. But I, I'd say I'm not okay. I'm not okay with the outcome. I'm not okay with what has happened. Um, if you ask Nate or any of the kids, they would probably say the same thing because they're broken, we're broken, we're stunned. If you're dealing with something today in your lives like that you just don't understand, you know that you don't, you don't know. And we might be broken and knocked down, but that's exactly, and please hear this and don't let it just slip by. That's exactly why Jesus came. He came to the imperfect world, perfect, perfectly, was broken, was beaten, was messed up, was eventually let himself be killed on a cross. He experienced all the pain we've had and more to take away one thing, and that's that deadly trait that he knew would live and thrive in this earth, and that's sin. He came to take it away. We are presented to God because of Jesus forgiven. That's, that's the truth. He loves us. He accepts us because of what Jesus did for us. I want to say, why is that significant as I close today? Because that truth of Jesus makes us a candidate for eternal life. And that's what we need right now. That's our most precious resource. If my mom died, that's what I would only want is eternal life so I could see her again. And your situations, whatever they are, you have that to hold on to. If you want that, you accept Jesus. Bethany, would you come up, get ready to sing? I want to say as I close to the family, to you guys as kids, to Nate, but really to everyone here, these are these, those kind of reminders in our life that help us to like, like wake up, like remember, like this world is but for a moment and we are temporary here. All of us will be. If you know Christina, she loved many things. But the most important two things to her, and I'm going to share this message for her, she loved Jesus and she loved her family. She would stand in front of you all today until she had no breath left to make sure everyone here was paying attention <laughs> and knew that Jesus loves them. And that he's got a plan for their lives. And she would share. We were going to ask her to share to the whole church her story this fall. About what she's gone through to help others overcome. She would want to make sure her family and all of us put Jesus first as she did. 
She'd want to make sure that we make it to heaven so that we can be together there with her. I think she would also tell us one more thing, and that, that is that, um, and I didn't appreciate the song you picked for the slideshow because it could make you cry, but she would tell you, don't cry. E- as easy as it is for us, don't cry at least too many tears because she knows we'll have good days and bad days, but grieve as one who has hope. So as you process these things, know that it is not, that it is okay to not be okay. It is allowable to say, I don't understand God. And yes, we can even admit that it is not fair. But one thing we must embrace is where we stand with Jesus and accept his love. Believe in what he did for us and allow our Heavenly Father to replace our hurts with his peace and his love and his presence. If you want to know where I'm going, where I'm going soon, if anybody asks you where I'm going and where I'm going. the pain, the heartaches they bring, the comfort there in knowing I'll soon be gone. As God gives me grace, I'll run this race until I see my Savior face to face I'm going up beyond her I'm going up beyond her I'm going up beyond her to be with my Lord I'm going up beyond her I'm going up beyond her I'm going beyond her to be with my Lord. After, after Julie uh, prays, we want to invite you all to stay as long as you'd like. There's plenty of room to hang out and sit and talk. Um, there's lots of food. We'd love you to join us. Um, right after the prayer, I'll dismiss you as the family to go uh, out first. If you choose not to, if you don't want to talk to anyone, <laughs> you don't have to talk to anyone. But maybe, uh, maybe let you get out there first so that you can um, uh, have your peace.
I really want to say I appreciate the honesty of everyone who's spoken about Christina. A lot of times I've, I've been to memorial services and I left and I said, I, I don't even know who they were talking about because I knew a totally different person. And I just appreciate the honesty and the openness and the reality, you know, because Christina was an overcomer. She wasn't perfect. None of us are. But she overcame. She really was an overcomer. And um, I know that as I was praying for Nate, you and your boys, and uh, Natalie this week, um, I kept coming back to a passage in Lamentations. And Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And it was written at a time when um, such terrible things had happened in Israel. Uh, Jerusalem had just been demolished. You know, they had, the Babylonians had taken every brick and every stone and taken it apart. And so it was just rubble. And there had been, uh, you know, a lot of warfare and there hadn't been plant crops planted. And so people were starving. And so Jeremiah was wandering the streets of Jerusalem and looking and he saw rubble and he saw children starving and it just broke his heart, you know, and he... He said at that time, I wish that my, my eyes were a river, that I could cry a river of tears. And probably the worst day, one of the worst days of his life, and that's saying a lot because he had a lot of bad days in his life. Um, and I think that ranked up there, though, as, as one of the worst. And um, I know you guys are sitting here today, and you're probably thinking, this might be the worst day of my life. And it very well may be. Um, but Jeremiah as he was looking over that scene, he said this, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. In the middle of that, he said, I call this to my mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And I know that your mom loved you guys. I know she loved you, Nate. And she still loves you from heaven. She hasn't stopped loving you. She still loves you for the rest of your life. She's not going to be here, but she's going to be loving you. And you can love her too. And I really believe that, you know, the Lord is going to be with you over the next few weeks. There will be people praying for you that you don't know their names. They don't know you. But we'll keep on praying, you know, for that comfort and for that healing. And just know that you were loved, you are loved, and you will be loved. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that your love is so steadfast and so great and so faithful. We cannot out your love because Jesus died on the cross for us and loves us so much. And Christina knew that, and I thank you that she knew that, and I thank you for where she is right now. I thank you that she's sitting in front of your throne, worshiping you, completely healed, completely whole. There's no, there's no pain or sorrow. There's nothing that can interrupt her, her worship or get in her way now. And we just thank you for that. And we pray, Lord, for comfort for family members and friends and everyone who's left behind as we wait for that day that one day we will be there with her. 
We look forward to seeing her again. Lord, we thank you so much for this life that was not lived perfectly, but it was wonderfully overcoming. This life was an overcoming life. She overcame by the the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, Lord. Thank you so much for that, Lord, and bless us as we go. Help us to remember that our lives are just a vapor and that we need to live thinking about that day that we will stand in front of you. In Jesus' name.